Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Arsenal ladies won 3-1 after going 1-0 down. Then England international Jordan Nobbs equalised. And then some other players for Arsenal whose names I don't really recognise. Because you remember Nobbs. I always remember a Nobbs. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast, hosted by me, Josh Gersler, a chartered financial planner and owner of The Orchard Practice, and co-hosted by Mark Schoffman, a personal finance journalist and owner of Cavendish Content. We're here to simplify all things personal finance and money related, in the hope that you will be able to learn one small thing each episode, which helps you improve your life and have some fun whilst you listen to us. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. For those of you who like to know what I've been up to, we recently celebrated my son's 10th birthday and he enjoyed a party with some of his friends at a place called Cloud Nine, which is one of these inflatable um, warehouses in Hemel Hempstead. I went to a place called Bodo for an Arsenal European match, which is north of the Arctic Circle, probably one of the uh, most northerly places you will ever go to. It wasn't too cold. Uh, a tiny town, uh, great fun there. And um, a book I'm currently reading, which you might enjoy, is actually called In for a Penny. I must tell Mark I'm reading this. It is the story of Peter Hargreaves, who's one of the founders of Hargreaves Lansdowne. So far, a very interesting read. So this episode is about the Chancellor of the Exchequer and what he does. So, in for a penny, listeners, I give you the latest episode, The Chancellor. Hello, Joshua. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I haven't seen you since yesterday. We um, saw each other at an Arsenal match. Let's um, Because by the time this comes out, It'll possibly be the World Cup, so there won't be any Premier League football. Um, and let's not talk. Let's, and it's not even a proper World Cup, but that's a whole different issue. But let's um, date how where Arsenal currently are in the league as Arsenal supporters. We're top. We we're are just, top of the league. So we are top of the league. We just beat Nottingham Forest five nil. Um, the good times are rolling. Yeah, we'll probably be like. Not, there's a couple more games bef- before this comes out, so it could be yeah. that we are we slip down, as you say. So let's enjoy it while we can. And didn't you? Leave Arsenal v Nottingham Forest at the Emirates and then go to another Arsenal game at another stadium. I did. And then I went to watch Arsenal women, the West Ham women at Meadow Park in Borenwood. So I took my eldest daughter, Isabel, she had, when she came to the Emirates and then to Meadow Park. She had a whole day of football, which I think um, means I don't have to take her to any more football this season. If you get a whole day of Arsenal matches, that's... Um, yeah, you're good. out, you're done. Yeah, you're And done. what was the score in that one? Um, Arsenal ladies won 3-1 after going 1-0 down. Um, then England international Jordan Nobbs equalised. And then some other players for Arsenal whose names I don't really recognise. Because you remember Nobbs. I always remember a Nobbs. <laughs> um, it's nice to see ladies because um, it's at a... Well, Are you allowed to call them ladies? Women, I don't know. Because it used to be late, they used to call it Arsenal ladies. Now it's Arsenal women, isn't it? Yeah, Arsenal it's nice men to and be Arsenal a, women. Yeah, it's nice to be Arsenal women because that the ground of Boreham Football Club, who are a well, they are a league club now, aren't they? Because they're in the what league are they in? The women's um, no, Boreham Wood. The Boreham Wood. No, 
I'm talking they play at the Bournemouth Football Club ground. Well, no, that's non-league. That's the uh, National non-league. League, which is one okay. below the the football league. Okay, so they're non-league, but and Arsenal ladies, Arsenal women are in the <laughs> women's Super League. It's confusing. And at the end, usually they come and sign um, autographs and photo, uh, take selfies with you. And we've got a selfie with an Ars- with a former Arsenal player who now plays for West Ham. Oh, very good. What's um, that player called? Lisa Evans. Oh, there you Isabel, go. Isabel knew. But I'm just, you don't get that in the men's game now, do you? Because they're all overly paid prima donnas. Yeah. Although some of the Arsenal girls also weren't coming to sign autographs. And I don't know if that's because they're European champions or something like that. Lionesses. There you go. What else you got yeah. to report? Um, it's Halloween today. That's another way of dating when this episode was done. Do you, yeah. should we, do, you do trick or treating in the Gersler household? No, we don't bother. Do you? Oh, yes. Of course we do. If Shoffman's love yeah. it, he's to dress up. <laughs> so what are you wearing? Right. Well, now I've gone back into my civilian clothes. Uh, um, civvies. Civvies. Earlier, I was wearing a Captain Jack Sparrow hat, but we had a party on the weekend at my sister's and I re-spiked my hair to my to how it was in the teenage years. But you had more hair in those days. I had more hair in those days. The gaps between the spikes are definitely bigger. So, um, you know, I I meant to tell you yesterday, so there's a Mark that sits next to me at Arsenal who listens to this podcast. Hello, Mark, if you're listening. Um, And he said, uh, he's been listening recently, he said uh, he feels very sorry for you. Does he? He said you just get sort of abuse from me. And he says you, um, you must be a confident guy, but you come across so nervous on the podcast. Do I? Oh, well, that is just your normal self, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. He doesn't know what you're like. Yeah. It's it's a way of luring normal interviewees into a full sense of security. What, coming I'm across honest. an idiot? It's a journalistic trick where you pretend you don't know what you're talking about. They think this idiot won't know if I say something. and then Huge, I think you do it brilliantly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but it's all about being friendly and not trying to be confrontational and then people aren't scared to tell you stuff. Exactly. So, Mark, what's uh, you, where, where, have you got a segue today? I don't know. Oh, good. So I that's fine. A, I so do I'm, have a segue. Do you then. have a segue? I don't have a segue. I was just going to get straight into it. I was going to talk about the good times and bad times. Is this working? And we're going. We're, and one of the people. There's been a lot of good times and bad. Times. I think I'm doing. It. I think I've got it. Stay Go with on. me. But good, there's been a lot of good times and bad times in the political news and, and, and politics news. at the moment with news um so we've um <laughs> been through um a conservative leadership election twice in the last couple of months and um they've had a dis- there was a disastrous mini budget you know another way to date this podcast you could say yeah. who's sort of in power today yeah who's in power <laughs> today um so we're going to talk about one of the positions of power that's been changing and that's the chancellor yeah what, quite, what quite is a chancellor and what person. do they do yeah, and why why it sort of matters to your personal finances, I guess. So we've had in twenty twenty two, we've yeah. had four chancellors. That's good. Can you name them all? We've had Rishi Sunak, yeah, who's currently the prime minister. Yeah, we've had Nadim Zahawi. Yeah, I don't know what Nadim's doing now. Uh, he's one of the foreign secretary now. Oh, there you go. We've had Kwasi Kwarteng. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Quasi's doing now. Hiding under and, a desk somewhere, I imagine. And then we've got Jeremy Hunt, the uh, or careful in, incumbent. Is that the right word? The, the incumbent, yeah. I think people yeah. have other words for him, but um, incumbent is is a good way of Laura describing Nobbs. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. Uh, Nadine Sahawi is actually minister without portfolio. 
Okay. Um, which means he he does the admin. He's not for. He wishes he was foreign secretary. So, um, Mark, I decided for once to um, actually do a bit of planning for this podcast. Oh, thank goodness for that. Okay. So, so I actually looked up what the chancellor, the what the chancellor of the exchequer's responsibility is. Okay, because oh. from what Quasi Quasing did at his mini budget, I would say is destroying the econ- econ- economy and political system with unfunded tax cuts and spending promises. Well, there you go, but I don't like to get political. Okay. <laughs> but the so on the gov.uk website, this yeah. is what it says the, the Chancellor of the Exchequer is. The Chancellor of the Exchequer is the government's chief financial minister and as such is responsible for raising revenue through taxation or borrowing and for controlling public spending. He has overall responsibility for the work of the Treasury. What's so, revenue? Well, we've come on to that, I think. Okay, you're just going to read everything. No, no, they're not going to read the last bit. The Chancellor's responsibilities cover, and there's four points, so you'll know when I've got to the last one. Okay. One, fiscal policy, including the presenting of the annual budget. Two, monetary policy, setting inflation targets. Three, ministerial arrangements in his role as Second Lord of the Treasury. And four, overall responsibility for the Treasury's response to COVID-19. Nice. So that doesn't really tell you much. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about what that means in English. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I thought one way to explain explain this is to think about per, your per, someone's personal finances. Okay. Okay. So this bit I didn't prepare, but uh, I do have some information. So the... When you ha- when you run your household, the Shoffman household, the Gersler household, or the Infrapenny podcast listeners' households, you want to try and make sure that your money coming in, your income, is more than your money going out, your spending. So you want your income to be higher than your expenditure. Do you yeah. agree with that one? Yes. Because if your income is not higher than your expenditure, you have a deficit, you're in debt. Yeah. So I thought if you have that at the back of your mind whilst we're chatting through this, it might help to understand it. Okay. So the Chancellor is responsible for the country's budget, the country's income and the country's outgoings. He needs to balance the books. He does need to balance the books. I think sometimes you hear that phrase, don't you, coming out of yeah. the, that they say we've got to balance the books. So yeah. the Office for Budget Responsibility, which is like a separate... Uh, independent department appointed by the government appointed by the government have done their 22-23 forecast this is the information I I picked I thought would be useful to chat about so that's 22-23 meaning that the tax year so the 6th of April 2022 to the 5th of April 2023 so what they've looked at they have said in this tax year they expect to raise 987.5 billion pounds that's a lot of season tickets for Arsenal. That is. Nice. Yeah. So when they say they've got to raise that, why do the government have to raise money? Because otherwise they can't spend money. Yeah. And, and they raise it mainly from taxes. So it is a lot of season tickets. And the good thing is if you work out what that is per household, that's £35,000. They expect to bring in, on average, £35,000 per household. Okay. So, so then they looked at how much do they think they're going to spend or the government's going to spend this year. 
and the amount they expect to spend is 1087 billion so it was income of 987.5 billion and outgoings of 1087 billion and per household that's 38000 pounds so makes it a bit easier they expect to bring in 35000 pounds per household and spend 38000 per household so being the maths genius you are, that is a deficit per household of? 3,000 or something. 3,000 exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that means the government is running a budget deficit. So there's a shortfall in what they want to spend compared to what they're going to bring in. You still, so with, if, you're still with me? I'm still with you. So if you were a household, that's, that's like living on your overdraft. You're in the red. Correct. You're in the red. And the deficit in terms of pounds and pence then. And remember, this is forecast for this tax year, so it's not going to be exactly like this, but it's yeah. £99 billion. Pounds. Wow. Okay. Um, now, so you, so you gave that very good example to say you are in the red. So the government has a debt. That, so you might have heard of the phrase the national debt. Yeah. So the national debt is, if we say in this year it's going to be £99 billion, but it builds up over time. So it's currently, have a guess, go on, have a guess actually, unless you know this. I don't know it. I, I think you should tell me. Um, £2.5 trillion. Pounds. Wow. So per household, that's 87,000. I'm trying to work out how many zeros are in a trillion. I don't know. It's written the word trillion. <laughs> but so, so households are bringing in 35,000, but spending 38,000. So as you pointed out, there's 3,000 deficit. And that's built up, that deficit is now 87,000 per household. So it's big, big deficit. So what, what's the Chancellor meant to do? What's his role in all of this? Well, he is supposed to, as you said, balance the books. He's got to find a way to get the money in at a sensible level and get the money out. Taking politics out of it, I would much rather um, have to pay less tax because well that should take a step back one of the ways that they the main way they collect the money is taxes so that comes out of all our pocket so either they've got to collect more income from taxes or spend less on the services yeah i think it's important to say when we when we say spending less on services that often means cuts to public services so it could be cuts to nurses pay or hospitals or um reducing spending on social care and i don't know the roads yeah it could be anything things that, things that matter to to us so sometimes easy, yeah so sometimes it's easy, easy to say oh, i don't want to pay more tax but then yeah the alternative is often often worse correct so it, it's sort of having the right level and i think that's the that's the chancellor's job is basically to work out where that that line is in terms of spending and taxes so what I thought might be worth then having a, a quick chat about is where this public sector income comes from. Okay. So this £987.5 billion, pounds, or this 35000 per household, where that's expected to come from in 2022-23. Is that all right with you? Sure. So the bulk of it comes from a certain type of tax. What do you think is the biggest... Uh, source of income which tax do you think brings in the most 
Income tax. You're correct. Income tax is expected to bring in £424.5 billion in this tax year, which is almost half of the total tax receipts in the year. The next one? National insurance. No, it's not national insurance. Ah, um, I capital gains tax. I think national insurance is included in the income tax one. I think they, I think they combine the two, actually. Um, it's not capital gains tax. That's actually a very small one. The next biggest one is something called value-added tax. Oh, uh, yes. Or you and I call it... VAT. Exactly. No income tax, no VAT. So that's $154.2 billion. I won't make you guess the others. Okay. The, the next biggest is corporation tax. I'll round so these that's numbers. 65 billion. Yeah. Yeah. So corporation tax is, well, it's a good idea actually to explain all of these. <laughs> so income tax is the tax you pay on your earnings, your salary, your self employed income, whatever it may be. VAT is basically what's charged on goods and services as they pass through various people's hands. So, uh, they add on 20% value-added tax when you purchase a good. You buy your newspaper. I actually don't know if newspapers have it. It's a bad uh, a bad example. But you buy some petrol and it's got value-added tax on it. Yes. Corporation tax, as you said, is what businesses pay. So it's what you and I pay when we make if, if we make money in our businesses. Yeah. Council tax brings in $42 billion. Okay. So council tax is what you pay to your local council. For house, how uh, own occupiers of houses pay that and flats. Business rates is did I say that is forty two billion? So business rates is what businesses pay to occupy premises. So it's a bit like council tax, but for businesses. Fuel duty is an extra tax on petrol, that's and diesel and things like that. That's thirty million a billion. Capital gains taxes is twenty six billion. And then the final two, one's called other taxes. It doesn't give me too much. That's 42 billion. And there's 110 billion other receipts. Nope. Now, other receipts at a high level, it's. it's um, well, I assume that's things like stamp duty. That's, what I mean. that's probably in other taxes, I would have thought. Other receipts is things where the, the public sector receives other money. So it might be foreign exchange reserves, student loans, things like that. Mm hmm. Um, so those are the places that where taxes come in and money comes in. And that's sort of what the Chancellor can play with to either increase income or decrease income. Shall we talk about when, when this all gets decided? Yeah, go on. Because, so, well, when as a journalist, there used to be um, two dates we were excited about in the political calendar. And Christmas they were, Day. Christmas Day. Any bank holiday, we don't have to work. Um, they were the budget and the autumn statement. And traditionally, um, the budget used to be um, around March time, I think. And the, uh, the Chancellor would stand outside with his big red book, his big red folder, and that would, that's known as a fiscal event, and that's traditionally the only time that the Chancellor would make announcements on tax, which makes it easier to plan your finances because you know when um, changes could be announced. Yeah. And they'd often then tell you, and then yep. it, it would often be in March, and then the changes would often come in the following month in April when the new tax year starts. So it was all um, in order and it all made sense. Yeah. And then a few years ago, they um, introduced something called an autumn statement, which happened in the autumn, obviously. 
Um, there was a spring statement at one point, wasn't there? There was well? also a spring statement, and then an auto, yeah, and then these often created more tax changes, which means all through the year there can be new taxes, new rates, new allowances to get your head around. For a journalist, it's annoying. For probably a financial advisor, it's also annoying with clients because you've got to explain changes, um, translate things quickly. But it also means um, for journalists, you get to, um, uh, you often have a day where you sit around eating snacks and watching the budget at the same time. So that was one of the best days to be in a newsroom. <laughs> that was me reminiscing. What was I talking about? But how, how they decide this. things. So they make that's their, how they decide. So yeah. they make it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how they announce it, isn't it? Not, yeah. not how they decide. No, I mean that. That's yeah. So there'll be a big build up to that, and there'll be lots of rumours about what's going in and out. You'll often see um, uh, news stories that speculate about what could happen, and that can often be the treasury fishing to see how the public would, public would react to changes. So they'll come out and say we're going to a newspaper report. We're going to clamp down on pension tax relief, which is. For relief people get on their pension contributions to essentially boost them and they'll see how the public reacts to that and often they'll react badly and then that never happens yes they uh yeah that's um what do you call it fishing fishing is that what you said yeah 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 um so that's so that's if, if the government or if jeremy hunt or whoever the chancellor is wants to bring in more money this is his main tool it's putting up the the tax receipts which, although it's unpopular, as you said, the trade-off is the opposite. So government spending. So we said we expect in 22-23 the spending to be £1,087 billion or £38,000 per household. So um, I've got another little, little uh, graphic here that shows me the, where, where the public sector spending goes. So you can probably guess which the largest one is. NHS. Uh, well, it probably is NHS. It calls it health and social care. Yeah. Because there will be some non-NHS things. That's 167.9 billion. So just over 10% or 15% of the total spending goes on health and social care. Um, these aren't in order, so I'll just tell you what we've got. We've got education, 77 billion. Education, education, education. Sorry. Exactly. That's, Who was it that yeah. said that? Uh, Thatcher. Someone? No. Was it? Well, I don't know. I don't know why I thought it was major. Maybe major. Major. John major. Morning major. <laughs> That's forty towers, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Defence thirty two billion. The the helpfully labelled other public services one hundred and thirty billion. Investment fifty six billion. State pensions one hundred and ten billion. Universal credit seventy one billion. Sixty eight uh, other welfare sixty eight billion debt interest eighty three billion and other spending two hundred ninety billion debt interest being they've had to borrow money to make up this shortfall and they've got to pay interest on that yes eighty three billion in wow. interest I mean you know I know we're all moaning about mortgage rates being high eighty three billion that's a bigger interest interest payment on their on the interest only mortgage uh, debt. <laughs> Well, this is, um, I mean, this is a bit of a soapbox, maybe not relevant to here, but off, I, there's Don't a bother. lot of, Yeah, I'll forget it. <laughs> uh, the government does get a lot of criticism for the interest it has to pay, but then I do think if you can afford it, why does it matter? And if it's still paying, there's, as far as I know, we're not, there's no sign of us defaulting on it yet. And it's like for a household, people may say, oh, it's dangerous to have a whole load of debt racked up. But if you can service your debts... Yeah, should you worry? 
Well, I guess again, it's that. So, if they want, if the government wants to spend this, if we as a country want to spend this money on healthcare, education, defence, state pensions, it's got to be paid for somehow, doesn't it? Yes. So, it, taxes is one option. Borrowing is another option, but then you've got the interest. And I'm sure there are other ways that we don't necessarily that aren't necessarily aware of or that they can raise money, other ways to generate income. But those are the key parts. So it's very easy to sort of say, well, I want to pay less taxes, but then moan when spending is cut on other things. Yes. Whether that be, like you said before, salaries of employees in the uh, public sector or whether it is the level of service provided so they don't bother maintaining roads anymore or street lighting or the hospitals like it's it's a we're getting a bit political now for instance in america i don't think they have an nhs do they 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 tried this thing with obama but it didn't quite work yes now would you rather have 10 percent less tax bill and no health and social care no yeah i like the nhs yeah, and and I think it, and I think you might say, well, you you are in a fortunate position that you're not claiming credit, uh, universal credit. So you might say, you know what, I'd rather have six percent off my tax bill, and we don't pay out universal credit. Everyone is going to sit somewhere. Everyone's going to benefit from services in a different way. You can't really pick and choose which ones you want to have. I guess that's the challenge for the chancellor, isn't it? He's got to balance both those sides, but then at the same time. He's got um, the media hounding him yeah. and then also the response of financial markets. And we saw that with Quasi Kwarteng when yeah. his budget came out and then um, there was concern about how a lot of their tax cuts were going to be funded and it created lots of U-turns. Um, mortgage rates went up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like as, so a, it's, as a financial it's advisor, tricky. it is tricky. It's tricky to... Recur- I would rather, as a financial advisor, see people with a surplus so individuals that's a strange noise mark that's my dog barking <laughs> i'll have to let in some trick-or-treaters sing um i'd rather always try and encourage the people we look after to run a surplus and have a budget yeah. surplus but i was having a look since the end of the uh just after the second world war since 1948 how many years do you think there have been a surplus not many. Correct. Pick a number. Go on, have a guess. I'm going to say like two, five, five. Well, you're, it's a bit more. There's a 12 since 1948 and yeah. five since 1971. Not so surprising. I don't quite understand how they ever expect to get this under control. Yeah. If spending is, and it's that political side of it, isn't it? They're not going to want to put up taxes because we're all going to vote for someone else and they're not going to want to cut services because they're all going to vote for someone else so how do you manage and it, i think governments try and do the best they can in that period whilst trying to retain some political capital and keep people happy that's a challenge i mean often, yeah often if they're also worried about getting re-elected yeah they might just go for what's popular rather than what's prudent well exactly so it's a it's a tough one hmm. do you think that explains what the chancellor does I think Hopefully. it does. Yeah, I thought, yeah. We, I thought we did all right there. Yeah. Um, well, let us know. Do feedback. And if um, any former chances or current chances are listening, give us a ring. 
community <laughs> tips. I had a quick, uh, I thought I'd give you a quick game before we finish up. Very if quick that's game. All right. I've got to get, get out of the house, trick or treat and pick children up. Go on. Okay, so do you know, that this is the, uh, the furthest back I could find, who the first Chancellor of the Exchequer was? No, I did have Wikipedia open, but it's gone. Oh, no, Go it, is, it was the aptly named Sir Richard Sackville. Who set, Sackville, no. Yeah, who set the tone for the... The uh, the following five hundred years worth of <laughs> chancellors that was in fifteen fifty nine. Interestingly, wow. there was a chancellor from sixteen oh six to sixteen fourteen called Sir Julius Caesar. Nice, good name. Yeah, it's no, I thought name. he was uh, Roman, but there you go. Um, yeah. I, I named you the four chancellors in twenty twenty two. Maybe not. Right. Can you name the other five chancellors in the twenty first century? Yeah. Gone. You, have a, you want me to name the other yeah, five? Yeah, I can hear you clicking, Mark, and looking things up. Because <laughs> I had it on my page, because I'm going to go Sajid Javid, Correct. Philip Hammond, oh, you've looked Osborne, it up. you've looked it up. Alistair Darling, who's my favourite because of the eyebrows, oh, and Darling. Gordon Brown. Very good. Yes. I'm going to have to leave you there, though, because I've got errands to run. I mean, we've never had a podcast that's ended because someone's got errands to do, <laughs> but there you go. I will speak to you soon, Mark. All the best. See you at the next budget. Please remember, anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice. But if you do need support, feel free to contact us on Twitter. You can reach me at Mark Schoffman and Josh at Josh Gersler. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on your podcasting app. That helps people find us and lets us know you're enjoying what you hear. So thank you for being in for a penny. penny.